Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the internet. Versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. I don't like this place. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat, and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now, on with the show! For Sunday, the 11th of November, 2012, that's right, 11, 11, 12, this is Casually Hardcore. I'm Gnomewise. I am Daxa. And I'm Grail. And Iolite has thrown herself on the grenade yep. of the uh, additional child we've been taking care of this weekend. So she and the three Rugrats are um, out enjoying the park and far from here. And we'll probably come in at some point during the show. Uh, not quietly right. is all I'm <laughs> going to say on that one. So what does that make today's show then? Are going for a title here? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. We Welcome don't know. to Hardcore. Oh, indeed. Don't yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> did, did I miss something? Wow. <laughs> did anyone know about, y'all's, yeah. about y'all's marriage that you never mentioned Whoa. before? Damn. <laughs> no, so welcome to the Blast Radius. I mean, the, yeah. the mayhem that has been wrought upon this household by the just, just one additional child. Yes. One extra six-year-old in the mix. Yeah, that's not a linear increase in damage. No, that's an exponential increase yeah. in damage. That's right. Yeah, <clears throat> that, and of course, I'm coughing my full head off. I apologize in advance for all of you listening on headphones mm-hmm. to this podcast or live broadcast for the inevitable time when I blow out your eardrums. Right, or also for the inevitable time when you're having way too much fun with those angry birds are thrown at uh, no mice. Daxa has discovered my son's <laughs> cash. Yeah. Of Angry Bird plush toys. <laughs> Discovered as in they were already all over the place. I <laughs> just picked them up. But she, she brought picked them all them together and yes. brought them here to the table for yes. the show. And they are angry. They look angry. I know. Nemesis went 
out at Halloween as the Black Palm Bird. Okay? Oh, wow. So he's, <laughs> he's not screwing around when it comes to his angry birds. Gotcha. <laughs> it was a fairly awesome costume. Cool. And I realized something this Halloween as well. I realized something. I learned <laughs> something today. <laughs> yeah. Today I learned that cloaks are freaking hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. And this That's one isn't even a, in Seattle. This isn't even a particularly warm or lined one. I was actually, nope. this was Iolite's kind of a generic black cloak that I just threw on to have something of the season on while we were out. Yeah, that while you're lugging around an almost three-year-old, a um, little warm. Yep. What did the almost three-year-old go this? Uh, Princess Merida from Brave. Oh, Brave. Yeah, that was a popular costume. That I was. I know several people mm-hmm. that was in on my Facebook list that their kids were doing that. Yeah, I made the mistake. Well, I mean, she's a little red-headed girl, so it was not. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't, that's, wasn't that's a, an easy wasn't a big though. reach. Right, right. But I may also made the mistake of going into the Disney store uh, with Iolite while we had money in our bank account. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she walked up to the wall where all the princess costumes were. Right. Ooh. And it went, Ooh. Oh. Hmm. Um, so I at least steered her towards the good one. Yeah. So you went as... Guy in Cloak. Guy in Cloak. Guy in Cloak. I went, I went as glitter-covered dad because that Merida costume... <laughs> From hem to neckline, <laughs> glitter. Got it. Got it. And of course, in every house, pick up, pick up. Right. So who was covered in glitter in addition to the child? Nice. So so you I, went, I guess I was Edward. I was going to say, you went as a Twilight <laughs> vampire. No. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's not awesome. I should probably um, <laughs> delete the pictures. No, kill myself. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, wow. I actually have yeah. some great pictures from Halloween of uh, Grail and Aridin as the doctors. Both doctors. Both doctors? Uh, there have been 11 of I them. I know. Right. Well, the last two. 12 if you count the Peter Cushing. The last Cushing. two. Mm. Doctors. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, 10 and 11. 10 and 11. Tenant and Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, this makes for great radio. Radio. Here, yes, look at this picture. Radio. Oh, <laughs> hey. Yeah. They're docking their... Sonic screwdriver. That's right. <laughs> that's gay. Yeah. And incestuous. Um, They're not touching. Actually, technically, that's autoerotic if it's yeah. really the doctor. His screwdriver was oh. as big as mine. Oh. <laughs> that's gross. I got to go wash yeah. towel off my extremities now. <laughs> no, fairly awesome costumes. And I went as... Um, River. River and realized I don't look good as a blonde. River's not blonde. Yeah, she's dirty she's blonde. Dirty blonde. She's a redhead. No, she's not. Mm-hmm. She is. No, she's not. No, she's not. They color her hair for the episode where she, um, what do you call it? Regenerates. Know. Every picture I saw. Every- of Alex her- Kingston is a natural redhead. I know this to be it true. It doesn't matter if she's a natural, natural. redhead. She River, it has dirty blonde. brownish blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. If for you go sure. back and look at Silence in the Library, she's redheaded there. When she comes back, she's a blonde, and they never address it. Well, that's just timey-wimey stuff. Timey-wimey, we didn't realize we were keeping this character. (laughs) Whoops. Our bad. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, it was pretty good. It was a good Halloween. Yeah. Did you talk about Halloween last week while I was there? No. It was fun. I was only... I I had tax crap to do, so I was only here for a partial episode. So, I hope you guys had fun. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pretty good. Woohoo! It was cool. Um, Yeah. So, so you guys are completely caught up. I mean, the time after last we talked about we're your, we're totally caught up. We're we're waiting for the holiday episode next. So um, yes, I, I've not had the opportunity to speak to you on this topic. Yes, of, 
was this a happy conversion or was this a, oh god we've gotten sucked into another thing we have to watch kind of a conversion no it's what, the doctor who doctor who it was good. how do you like it i liked it a lot i got pretty, do you understand the draw now i actually got it pretty obsessed with it yeah wow, she I was mean, pretty obsessed and she moved immediately moved into torchwood like torchwood yeah. for me has definitely been more of a struggle to get through like it's a totally different animal it took me a while to get through the set i just finished the second season so now i'm children up of to child no i'm up to children okay. of earth now they, they did season season yeah and then now mini-series, children mini-series. of earth and then uh miracle day will be next she'll tell you children of the earth is freaking brutal it yeah. is well you know I, I think the average american does not like Children of Earth, or Torchwood in general, because right. it's, it's, it's not a it's Hollywood happy ending kind of yeah. show. It's more of, yeah, this is, what pe- this is the degree to which people would screw up yeah. in these situations and go. Go, right. No, they, uh, I mean, it got better. I, I think the writing on it, just like Doctor Who, it, it definitely improved mm-hmm. as you got into the second season. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I mentioned this to Dax earlier in the week. And I, I have a new level, though, for brutal like i like you know there's been scenes in movies and even tv shows that make you get a little glassy eyed right i think that's the level i've gotten to um you know schindler's list right or amistad or especially ones where where you're looking at the movie say, yeah this is a movie but people really did this yeah yeah i mean either that but even like we'll just excise that little section of my soul and throw that away even in like i mean even we're talking about doctor who when when david Tennant leaves and he's like i don't want to go i mean that's that's kind of well that was that was a big thing for the series right they really never portrayed they, with Peter Davison, they'd kind yeah. of done it, but they'd never really done it where no, a doctor was not ready to leave this personality right. behind. And yeah, so I mean, but there's there's scenes like that, and all of them, you know, at the most, I get look glad, you know, you have to blink a little bit, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Last week's episode of Walking Dead, which I have not seen yet, so we're not. I'm gonna not going to spoil anything, but the ending of it, I had to choke back a sob. They got through it that was bad. that it was the saddest thing I've ever seen in entertainment. Wow. I mean, from a logical standpoint, the acting and that last scene is phenomenal. They they deserve an Emmy just for that scene. Just for that no scene. matter if the rest of it is them, you know, eating crayons. Right. <laughs> that scene alone, they should still just Emmy win the Emmy. Yeah. For the writing and the performing of it the It was brutal. Um, I'm assuming. And maybe it just has to do with where I'm at in my life and stuff, but it was Brutal. <laughs> I'm, ass- I'm assuming this is going to be no spoil. Then I'm assuming someone or some number of people in that scene are dying. It's. I'm not saying a word about it. All I'm saying is, it's usually it's a death scene that they usually go to as the heartrending scene. And I mean, this they've had some really shocking scenes. I think in the first two seasons mm-hmm. and even over this season, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it was like, wow. Whoa. Was it a an out of left field where you said, "Holy crap!" I don't believe they went there. And- no, I mean, if you follow the comic, you kind. I mean, if you if you read the comic at all, you understand everybody's in play. That mm-hmm. there's no situation really that's off limits. I think the the writer of it, whose name for some reason escapes me right now, um, he. But it's a George R. R. Martin kind of a thing, and it's actually a Torchwood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, yeah. Main character, secondary character, doesn't matter. Everyone could conceivably be yeah. off at any moment. So, I mean, the, I mean, and, and the direction the story goes can go anywhere. Like, they've not shied away from some different things. And the TV show has done, I think, overall a really good job of capturing that. They've offshot from where the comic book went, but they've still kept that, that theme. It, that's what makes it so good. Well, they brought good. That, the popular character in from the comic. 
um, the woman with the swords. And oh, the, yes. oh, they brought them all in. And the pet yes. zombies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Michonne's been Michonne. introduced, introduced in this season. Love, love, love. And she's that. been really good so far. She's played the character the way I kind of envisioned the character. So that's been great. But yeah, so that's what all. What's the deal with the pet zombies? Does she keep them as camouflage? She yes. figures out that, yeah, that basically it helps hide her. And she. she, she <laughs> de, she kind of defangs them by removing. No, de-jaws yeah. them. Well, de-jaws and them arms. and the arms. No right. arms, so that no jaw. They no grabbing, yeah. no And they biting. even make mention of it when she's talking to some other people. They're like, this is really brilliant. She's basically made these things docile mm-hmm. because she's removed their ability to eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, so that's why she keeps them. In the comic, it goes into a little more history of, like, who exactly those people were. Well, they were yeah. significant people to her but, as well. Uh, even better. And they, may, and they may address that in the show. They haven't really, because she's basically playing the way she's in the comic. Sounds like great flashback material. You don't talk though. to me. You know, she's very, you know, closed off. Right. So Because some crap has happened to her. Exactly. Right? And yeah. there's Bob and Jim. Yeah, no, that was, so I haven't seen it, so I can't wait to see mm-hmm. it. But I had, yeah. Yeah, so that was, so that, 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 I've never had that happen to me before. And it was like, like I was in a daze after watching that episode. I yeah. was like, I don't even know what to watch next. Like, I needed something to just kind of brain bleach. Like, it was time yeah. to watch some anime or something. I needed something like. See, that's the gateway bunny. drug for My Little Pony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. Grail's gonna be a brony before you know. Yeah, it. something. Washing his brain with My Little Pony friendship is magic. Oh God, yes. Oh, oh. Now I'm tempted not to watch it though because I ball at the dry, drop of a hat when there's something sentimental. But, yeah. on the but isn't that what you go for? I mean, why do we? Watch entertainment, if not to have that emotional experience and an emotional moment. True, but there's different emotional experiences, and right. sometimes I get tired of being sad. Yeah. Like, I mean, the end of the Watson's speech at the end of the second uh, season Series, of Sherlock yeah. that was like, oh, it was the worst. It was so sad. Because it was real. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what is compelling and if you have not watched Sherlock uh, oh, both cool. seasons are now available on Netflix yes. and a very via various other means they're short series they're mm-hmm. three and four episodes a piece two hours a pop they're, 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 yeah. mo- they're little movies so it's like six yeah. hours yeah. It's, a it's, season and Stephen Moffat so right. if, you, if yeah. you have ex- been exposed to Moffat from Doctor Who yeah He's yes. he's this this just proves he's just a good storyteller oh for sure oh, no matter yes. the subject matter yeah, yeah. but he, he took the the framework of the genius, troubled Sherlock mm-hmm. and the straight-laced Dr. Watson and turned it on its head a bit in that you know, when we meet John Watson, he's pretty broken. He right. is pretty broken. He is you know, post-traumatic stress. He's thinking about killing himself. He's a doctor, but he was a military. He was a mm-hmm. medic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can really believably see... How he would accept someone like Sherlock into his life right. for nothing else than that distraction. Yeah. Yes. Like, you've got something going on that makes me forget yeah. that I am this screwed up. Because you are so much more screwed up than I am. Right, right. But yeah. in a... In a, in a Fascinating, fascinating way. way. Yeah. I think also it gives him purpose too, which was the other yeah. big thing that was missing from his life at that point. And it, he's a doctor, and he's caring, and he protects people, and, he and this is, guy he's needs protection. protection right. Right. So right. doesn't think he does, but he, need, but he, he does. needs it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just it hits on all cylinders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they really slowly, without you know, they don't jump directly into oh they're bosom pals after, yeah. after the first movie. It's like yeah. no. It is a painful, hard, right, 
you know, antagonistic transition. Mm-hmm. It's not even until you know the second episode of the second series, right? Where you're starting to feel you know, when they're sitting in Buckingham Palace. Oh and yes, and they're yeah. Sherlock is <laughs> naked. basically naked under a <laughs> yeah. sheet, and they're waiting to be to to be met by somebody important, and they're just having a giggle fest. Yeah. Right, right. It's like okay, that's the that's moment it became a friendship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where I'm. The, the, the saying that goes, you know, uh, a friend will bail you out of jail. A true friend will be right in there with you. Yeah, yep. yeah. And there they are. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's a great scene. I'm, and it's a great <laughs> series, and I'm, worried, I'm curious to see where they go with it, with the next one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Looking for it. Well, I know that they were saying that they still wanted to do it, but obviously both of them now are becoming... Movie stars. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because uh, Watson's going to be the well, Hobbit. I mean, the, the, well, he was already a he already, successful yeah. movie actor. Yeah. I mean, he is a, a big deal. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he's like the perfect Watson, too. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious, IRC, are any of you watching um, Elementary, which is the, yeah. Ameri- the American oh, riff yeah, on that? Lucy Liu and uh, uh, yeah, right. somebody else. I don't know who's playing. I forgot who was playing. Holmes, I, I wasn't really that interested, but no. I'm curious to see, you know, of those who have been watching it, is it any good? Yeah. Is I mean, it I, a direct ripoff, or are they just riffing a different direction? Because right. I, I heard some interviews with the actors, and I liked one thing I heard, which is, you know, it is in the Bible of the series that there will be no romance between the female Watson and Sherlock. Yeah, right. but that, that doesn't... That's not the purpose of this, which to me, that's good, because that does not destroy the character. Then why make it a female? Why right. not? But yeah, I don't if, know. If Sherlock doesn't relate to men and, and women differently, which in every in all these in, interesting incarnations of, of he doesn't. I'm curious. All, we're all, we're all just, I'm we're all curious just, to see if they stick their guns no on way. that. Right. Because to me, there if there's no anything way. that TV American that does, up. they will screw that up. They want sexual tension. Exactly. Right. So, well, but they did that with Sherlock. It was just. And it was right from the source material with Irene Adler. Right, right. right. But they only did that, for, I mean, in the British one for one movie episode, whatever you want to call it, uh, and a little bit of follow-up afterwards right. that he you know, was still into her. But, I mean, this is a, an episodic show on American television. Right, where they had to make an episode a week. Right. I mean, and, they've tried that, like, Bones. It started off with uh, uh, Angel oh, yeah. and the... Boreanaz. And- Boreanaz and... Um, one of the two sisters. One of the sisters, uh, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. Not Zoe Deschanel, but the other one. Um, you know, they Emily. start off as, as you know, yeah. co-workers and then friends. And Just they be- became more... They became romantically involved now, as, as far as I know. Yeah. I don't, I've never really watched the show, but it's, it was enough that, like, I'm, I don't know if there's an example right now in American TV where you have a... You know, two primary characters, one male, one female, that are around the same age that are buddies. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't last. So. So You don't watch that much. Neither do I. I mean, it's kind of curious. You were talking about that that elementary show. It's like, I'm curious about any of the shows. Like, I I haven't watched Revolution at all. I have no idea if that thing's worth I watched the first 20 minutes of the first episode and turned it off in disgust. Okay, good. I made a good choice choice there. Someone in the IRC says that we Americans ruin everything. And I have to kind of... Just by seeing the last season of Torchwood, I... Once stars got mixed into it... Yeah. I mean, the thing that ruined it for me is they felt it was necessary to stretch it over that many episodes. Yeah. Yes. Which American networks have this obsession with... Oh, yeah. You know, because I just finished watching Red Dwarf 10. Mm -hmm. Right. Six episodes. 
And that's a series for them. Right. The, you know, the, the Dave Network said, we're bringing Red Dwarf back for a series. And to them, that's six good episodes and done. done. Yeah. Because, not because that was an important number, but that's the number of scripts they had that they liked. They didn't make ten to make ten and use four crappy scripts. They said, we've got six good scripts. Right. We'll film those, and we'll call that a series. Yeah, that makes sense. At least they're willing to stick to know their limits, I well, guess. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the variable length yeah. of you know, the series on the British television networks, and yeah. it's a matter of, no, we do the material until we run out of material, and then we stop for some of their shows. Not, not right. Like, like shows like EastEnders have been going on for an eternity and are just a soap opera. Right. And there's right. no point. Well, that's, I mean, I guess you, know, you see so many examples of times where they take a show from BBC or you know from from England and bring it over and remake it, right? And just do a hardcore remake. And we're going to remake it, and and it's going to be the American or version. Being human, being human, right. The Office. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's countless examples of that. How they many times to do Red Dwarf and it was has a it gone abortion? the other way though? I can't think of one. I can't think of one. And I think in that case, and it, maybe it's just British or Britain goes. Okay, that's a good show. We're just going to import that show. Like, we're right. just going to bring that over and we'll show those episodes. I, yeah. I take it back. What? Um, Law and Order. There are, oh, really? There are Law and Order series in the BBC. What? And that, that, that makes are... sense to me because the legal system's so different. It's totally that different. You actually would need to have a but they localized have, version. They have the, okay. the UK version of Law and Order that is, it's a police procedural shot in the same style. It's got dong dong. It's got all, right. the, all the oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. All right. But it's, you know, barristers and wigs. Yeah. yeah. So it is definitely, you know, Ben. British Interesting. Okay. okay that's but apparently, good. it's. But yeah, I mean, good. like you don't see Breaking Bad like British's version of Breaking Bad. I mean, that would be interesting. Be interesting. <laughs> interesting. There was another one actually. What was that? They took the Jersey Shore. No. Oh, why would they do that? I'm sorry, Britain. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. I forget. Somebody in the IRC from the UK can maybe tell me which what it was. Um, it was it was basically the same kind of. It was, you know, a, a resort side town with the same kind of douchebags. <laughs> oh my just god! The, just the British localized version. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, and, and the same, but there again, another example of where it goes horribly wrong is you know the American version yeah. of Top Gear. Now, Top Gear has been exported all over the damn world. Yeah, there's and there's versions in lots of countries, and some of them are fairly awesome. The Australian one is quite nice. Mm-hmm. The German one is when they when they have their their run-ins with the British version are quite hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yes, Dragos Kai, Britishmatized. Brim, yeah, <laughs> Britishmatized. Um, I like that word. Yeah, it's really? it's a good question. I mean, I think that's it's interesting, but I mean, I don't think all cases we we destroy stuff. Like I I contend that the being human on the American is vastly superior to the British version. I do too. Because I've tried to watch the British version. It's not so good. Bad. Yeah. Um, or it's just you're not British different. enough. It's different. It's different. Well, I mean, I, I guess one thing is is definitely the budget was increased on the American side. Yes. That's sci-fi, and they're not exactly known for their budgets, but nonetheless, right. they made it. Oh no, when they commit, they go. They, all in. they did a good job with yeah. that. Um, well, and I would have to say that in Torchwood, yes, their budget was better. Yeah, and it was more realistic. Right. I don't like what they did with. Uh, the captain because i feel like his character the appeal to his character was the fact that he was always flirting with everybody, everyone right everything that moved hi captain jack hardness right yeah but the end of the previous series left him in kind of a bad place yeah but still now he's flirting with only guys oh they made him they made him merely gay, gay. yeah not versus androgynous. just everybody's yeah. awesome you know mm, i love everybody yeah, yeah. so i don't know it's kind of it's kind of weird and i liked 
that part of his character better because it might it made him a little lighter, a little more, right. you know, not so deep. Because sometimes you kind of need that lightness, yeah, especially after the previous season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, that was one of the things. But the budget was better. I mean, they do have a sure, really good budget. Sure, sure. I mean, you see, and I think The Office is a good example of one that worked on both both sides. Worked like I've seen the British version. It's definitely British humor, right? And it works well there. And the American version is American humor, and I think it still works well. It's mm-hmm. just different so i mean there's cases where it does work but yeah there's times definitely i think the sherlock thing was a definite case where it's like just show these episodes these, these will yeah. play yeah these were these You're are good. so good why are you even bothering to remake it because yeah. there's not enough of them i right. know but yeah it's not enough for a season the, the, these no, are mi- these season. are these are this is a mini series yeah. in right. our world so and which is sad because you think they would find a way especially during the the dearth of new content you know, uh, the well, now a lot of the cable-only channels like um, AMC have right. deliberately gone counter to the main networks yeah. so that their original material is coming out when the NBC, ABCs, and CBSs have reruns going. So Americans have gotten used to having original content, new stuff coming year-round. So there's no longer this gaping hole where they could have plugged in something right. like, here's some miniseries of, yeah. of Sherlock. Yeah. Um, so then pay Sense. both those men a lot of money to come over and do the series properly. No, they pay them a lot of money to come over and do The Hobbit and, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. I know, but still. Yep. Which we're, I'm curious to see. I mean, we've seen lots of uh, material from The Hobbit, and right. I, I'm totally sold with him as, as Bilbo Baggins. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to in now the third movie uh, with Benedict doing the, yes, the voice s- the of voice Smog. Of Smog. They're making three now? I didn't yeah, hear this. No, they, they split it in three movies. Oh, my God. Really? 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 <laughs> We've already used that episode really? title. We can't use it again. I know. I'm just doing in my, my Miz into, you know, impression there. Um, wow. That's the shortest book. Like, how, how did the shortest book get three movies? Because they're <laughs> padding it. With all kinds of materials. From uh, I mean, granted, there was a lot unsaid in that book, but still. They're going to go off and we're going to see the entire assault of, on the necromancer. Who oh, is, yeah, who is, yeah, yeah. So the, the fall of Dol Guldur. Right. We're gonna, you know, Gandalf's not going to go off and vanish like he does in the book. He's going to go off and we're going to follow him for a movie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. And then I mean, we, come, and we follow him back and he rejoins the dwarves. I, and then, that, I mean, that's great. I guess, you know... I'm kind of torn on that because part of me goes, well, it's cool. It's more Lord of the Rings and more, right. you know, Middle Earth stuff, right. which is awesome. And another part of me goes, but that story is really short. Like, I but mean, it, but is it really? Because you consider, oh, it's a lot of stuff that he leaves out. I but mean, also, not even leaving. If you if you take all the material yeah. in The Hobbit and you shoot it all, that's a lot of material. I mean, if they were going for the one or two movie, do you think they would do the whole thing with Bjorn? Or do you think no. that would be ripe for the cut? Right, right. I'm sure. So in this iteration, we will get a full. Well, I got like I said, I got the two movies. I understood, right. and I thought it had a nice natural break point mm-hmm. between two, three. Get to the edge of Merkwood and yeah, the movie one. Exactly, exactly, and then move on. And like I said, I mean, you could film an hour of the Battle of the Five Armies, and I'd be okay with that. 
You mean uh, that part that Bilbo's unconscious? Right, for? yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I got hit in the head. Hey, what happened? Oh, well, this cool stuff. The yeah. author didn't want to write the yeah. description of the battle. So, I mean, obviously, for the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. That can really eat eat up a lot of uh, screen time. Little screen time, but still, I mean, three movies. That that uh, I don't know. So, I mean, they'll, they'll I mean, get my money. I don't know why I'm complaining. I know, They're going to get We're my money. Yeah. Peter Jackson did his normal thing where he just went out and he shot shot that, everything. Like, he shot wanted. all the material. Yeah. Came back and yeah. went to the studios and you know, guys. You've already paid for all this. Right, right. You know, how'd you like to stretch this out over two and a half Oh, I'm years? sure the, the movie series is like, Harry Potter did good. <laughs> Twilight did good Lord doing of, that. Just look, look no further than his body of work, Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, but Lord of the Rings at least was one for each book. Right. I mean, I'm talking about when they take a book and split it in half and make right. two movies at least from it. So, I mean, they've... Breaking uh, Dawn. What? Yeah, Breaking Dawn, the, the Deathly Hallows. I mean, there's yeah. been enough examples. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, the third book of the Hunger, Hunger Games, Games gets split, split into two parts, yeah. even though it wasn't that long of a book. And but... it takes place almost entirely in her head, but anyway. Yeah, sort of. It's a running internal monologue for 90% yeah. of the time. They're going to have a, a challenge adapting that one is all I can say. I don't the think other so. two books lend themselves to adaptation to action film better because a lot happens. You look at actually what actually happens in Mockingjay, and really it's one series of action events at the, in the last quarter of the book. Basically, the assault on the Capitol. Right. All the rest of it is this emotional, internal, really boring on-the-screen stuff. Well, no. I mean, they have the whole scene where they send her out with her like custom fancy bow, and she mm-hmm. goes visits the town. The attack happens on the town. Right. She shoots down one of their hovercrafts. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of, of action. They're building her up as the symbol. And then there's right. all the, the action that happens within their hideout where you're basically figuring out, like, these people aren't, aren't so, so good. Nice. Yes. And so they have to build that piece, too. Now, whether they can split into two movies, I don't know. Maybe you're right. We'll it, it should only be one. But still, I think there's, there's enough there to make a, a very convincing movie. Yeah, I think so. Which so. brings us nicely yep. to our first break. So you are listening to Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com, where we apparently had no shortage of tangent material. Most of it uh, entertainment related right. for some reason this week. <laughs> uh, to the point where we haven't even acknowledged the presence in the IRC of our very own IRC rep, nay, producer, the Barry Von Awesome. If you have something to bring to our attention during the show via IRC, please send your personal message to Barry VA and he'll bring it to our attention. Please und thank you. Silence! No, I shall not. We shall return after this little bit of mini bosses. This is Castlevania. We'll be back. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions.
This is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink handy. Geeks in a Gaming World. Welcome back to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, btwproductions.com. Geeks in a Gaming World. Now, backing up the truck slightly, we forgot to plant the seed in your head, oh, listeners, ours, for the call-in topic of the day, which we will cover in the fourth half of the show later on. Mm -hmm. And with the arrival of the glut of AAA titles, uh, we're curious if you think they live up to the hype. Right. Grail and I were talking specifically about Halo 4 at the beginning, uh, or before the show, as to whether the feeling is Microsoft has delivered. Right. There was a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth when the franchise was taken in-house. Microsoft said, no, we'll take care of this. We'll do this ourselves from now on. And yeah. is Halo 4 a worthy successor to the to the grand franchise? Right. But I think we're willing to open it up to any of the AAAs right. that have come out, or like the most anticipated, which I would include things like Assassin's Creed 3. Um, With the Super you, Stealth Horse. You can make an argument about uh, games like Dishonored and XCOM. Um, and, I mean, next week will be Black Ops 2, but obviously we don't have... I have a feeling on that one yet. So really looking at the, the big name, because I mean, and really that's going to kind of be it. That's the last real major triple A release prior to the holidays. Uh, so that'll kind of lead into the, the Christmas year. So really, if any of these big titles, if you've gone out and played them, what do you think? Are they up to expectation or not? Or are they so, letting you down hard? Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's for later on. Right. As far as... Oh, also, um, at the beginning of the fourth half of the show, before we go to calls, we will be pressing the magic button yes. that decides the winners in the great goodie bag giveaway of Aught 12. Winners. Winners, for there are many, because there are many prizes. Got it. Winners, winners of the prizes. Got precious. Yes. Precious. <laughs> well, we were talking about The Hobbit earlier. Yes, we were. If it loses, we eat it whole. Fair enough. So, uh, let's see. So, we're in the gaming segment right now. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, it's funny. I just I mentioned last week I'm trying to power through the previous Assassin's Creed titles so I can get up to playing three. So, I got through Brotherhood, and now I'm on Revelation. So, you got through Ask Creed Bro? Ask Creed Bro. Now, I'm Ask Creed Rev. And uh, I'm trying to work through that. <laughs> <It's>, hey, <laughs> that's what the kids are calling it these days. That's right. Oh, God. So it's good. I mean, it's funny, though. You know, when I'm watching the end of you know Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and they have like the huge list of titles. It's so funny because we talk. I think a lot of podcasts really get focused on indie development and indie, you know, like the small development house. And they're putting out these really good games and these AAA titles. They're just no, they're not they're nailing it. They don't live up to the hype and blah, blah, blah. You know. Triple A titles employ a lot of people, though. Yeah, Christ. Yeah. Those design studios are. Yeah. I mean, you hear the, the big stories of, oh, big layoffs. It's like, well, it's because they had to bulk up their design team yeah. to finish these huge projects, and they didn't have another one in the pipeline. So the math just says, I'm sorry, a third. Oh, of I know. Go. And it's sad to see, but I mean, when you look at this credit, this credit stream went up for like ten minutes. And it's like, you know. Yeah, Ubisoft, Budapest, and Montreal, and all these designs like wow, left, left eyebrow simulation team a, lead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it's pretty impressive. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to power through that and then be able to dive into Assassin's Creed Three, which our son Aridin's already beat. Yes, um, and he really enjoyed it. He said it was good. I watched some of the gameplay. I was like, wow, that's pretty tight gameplay. Tomahawk. Um, 
yeah, look look good. Tomahawk. Um, so moving into our things on the gaming front. I have not, unfortunately, had any time to play games. Yeah. So I've been slacking. Next yep. week, no, I promise. You've been working your ass off. Slacking. Just not on games. Not yeah. on games. Slacking. I am slacking. Uh, Sorry, guys. <laughs> Next week, I promise. Actually, in, uh, you know, in other gaming news, so MechWarrior Online got me to kick them 15 bucks today. Yeah. So, because I was talking there, I was talking to some people that are playing, I'm like, God damn it, I'm sick of using these trial mechs. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to build the Angry Hornet. And then I, so I, pull, I coughed up 15 bucks. I bought the chassis and then realized I can't convert the money, that the MC credits, into C-bills, which you need to be able to buy all the components. Right. It's like, you sons of... All right. So anyway, so I'm like, at least got the chassis. So now I need to earn some cash so I can buy the engine and stuff cash like that. Cash money. money. So they at least got, so they got some money out of me. I want you to perf- I want you to- $2. Six <laughs> million dollars. Right. You need to perfect the Angry Hornet build so I can just you know, copy it's 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 it keeps it's it's a moving target. It's fluid. Because they keep changing. Because they keep changing. They right. just basically corrected the heat uh, amount of laser mm-hmm. weapons, which is basically a way of Damn. saying we nerfed laser <laughs> weapons. <laughs> so suddenly now, what used to be like I can pound you with like seven medium, la- you know, seven medium or small lasers and just keep firing that over and over. Now it's like yeah, no, you overheat pretty quick doing that. So you have to kind of break it up. And they've changed pulse weapons. Plus now they've really. Uh, not to go on a huge Mech Warrior tangent, but they've added stuff. That if you're a fan of the board games, it's like they added Endo Steel, they've added Ferro Virus Armor, they've added now Artemis Missile Systems because God knows missiles needed some help upgrade. <laughs> Jesus, it's just ridiculous. Missile I mean, boats. You start off the match and basically whatever poor sucker in the cicada or like you know some Jenner runs out and tries to spot for them. You just see then it's it's basically 300. The sky is darkened with missiles. Um, so, yeah, they have that. And then they're already talking now. One of their big things, which I, I've maintained now for a while, is they have to add more maps and they have to add more game modes. Because yes. playing this one game mode over and over, Getting gets really bored. And there's only like four maps. So they've actually added like a snow version of one of their existing maps, which is kind of cool. Um, now, does environment actually affect heat dissipation? Yes, yeah, it does. So just like when you play on the volcano map, you start off at like a base 20% right. heat already. Uh, see, what I want to see is I want them to develop the point where if you put heat sinks in your legs and go stand in a lake, yeah. then you're unstoppable. Well, you can at least stand in a lake, and it does help with that, but mm-hmm. there's, you still build But you're also standing somewhere. still. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe go wade through a river and not stop. Yeah, it's not so good. So supposedly, though, they are going to be... Adding 16 on 16 matches, though. That's what their, one of their big goals is, which is pretty cool. I just hope it's not a lag fest. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they have to definitely uh, optimize, the network optimize that sucker. Uh, and so, I mean, it's still in beta. Um, <laughs> so, but news from our favorite uh, fount of new games from Kickstarter mm-hmm. is that David Brabin releases Elite Dangerous to Kickstarter. And if anybody has played Space Sims, for a long time, old school space sims. You say the word elite to them, they get like misty eyed. Well, it's kind of the original open ended yeah. game. Open ended. You... you flew around. It was vexel, vector based graphics, and you flew around. And I remember it took me two days just to land on a goddamn space station because I was playing <laughs> it on an Atari ST. Oh god! And you had to match the rotation of the space station perfectly with your ship, or you ran into the wall and you died horribly. And that was like the first instance where, like, after a day and a half of 
getting really pissed off because I was using the stupid Atari controller with the stick and the one button. Right. I like realized that there's this mouse thing, and if I move the mouse over, it actually locks the rotation so that I can actually match it then using the mouse. Perhaps and I, I should in. use this mouse thing. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And so then, there might be something to this keyboard mouse yeah. control scheme. My entire <laughs> life was just to get the automated docking station on, system on my ship. So you would never like, have I, to mess with that. Yeah, again. so I could just go into get near the spaceship space station, hit the button, and it just went boop right into the space station. It was awesome. I missed this whole situation. Yeah, it was crazy. So. Mm. Nonetheless, it was a very open world. It's it's what games like Pri- Wing Commander Privateer, um, the the new uh, arguably, Chris Roberts. Arguably Eve is a descendant Eve, of Eve. Yeah, you could, you could say it was that. So it's really interesting. So um, basically the original creators come back and said, we want to remake it. They've released already some screenshots of what they're working on now. Super nostalgia bomb. Right. And the link, were, though, is it's all in, in pounds. It's in... Uh, um, British. It's British currency, so there. I don't know if that's. I don't know how that works really over Kickstarter. If it's something we can donate to, or if, if I think and, it converts on. And, and, he, and he, he didn't talk about versioning. If there was only going to be, I mean, it's going to be PC based, so I would think it would work no matter where. But so that's. There's some questions around it, but I'm definitely excited to see this. Between that and the 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 game we talked about last week that Chris Roberts is developing, at least Space Sims seem to be getting a, a nice comeback, which has definitely been neglected for. 15 years, I would think. Yeah. I mean, Wing Commander Prophecy, I think, is bad in, like, free space are the last ones I can remember. I mean, I mean up until hearing the, the you know, Star Wars Episode Seven, yeah, announced, you know, that was the last big thing Mark Hamill did. Right, right, right. Was Wing Commander. Yeah. Um, other than Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where they actually had to put text in there, hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill, because he was unrecognizable. Right. Mark Hamill. Right, right. But I mean, uh, I mean, I guess is the Joker on the Batman animated, um, freaking revelatory awesome. right. performance in that one. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. So, good good uh, resurgence of a one of my favorite genres because God knows I played Wing Commander. Go go Kickstarter forever. Uh, other news. This is an interesting one. <laughs> I know which one you're going for. The uh... Epic or uh, Unreal Engine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is from uh, Game Informer. Right. This is uh, people being mean with, yeah. with the law. So, court battle between Epic Games and Silicon Knights isn't over quite yet. A new filing yesterday has ordered Silicon Knights to destroy all game code using the Unreal Engine, which includes Two Human. X-Men Destiny, and unreleased projects The Box, Ritualist, The Sandman, and Siren the Maelstrom. The developer must also cease producing or distributing any games using Unreal Engine and must recall and destroy any unsold games at its own expense. Additionally, Epic Games' original $4.45 million award has been doubled to $9 million. Silicon Knights has until December 21st. And again on February 21st, 2013, to notify the court and Epic Games concerning its compliance of the injunctions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. They lost hard. They they... Lost, oh, my God. They, not only did they lose, they decimated them, I think. Yeah. Well, I love the, uh, one of the comments in the, uh, on that article is, okay, short of the staff getting executed, I think we can safely say Silicon Knights is dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It, yeah. It was, give us all your money. And all future possible revenue right. from stuff you've already developed or had in development. And this was all because they violated the licensing terms else. of the Unreal Engine? Pretty much. I mean, basically, it started with actually, and started with Silicon Knights suing Epic 
basically saying you didn't give us all you the didn't tools give you us said. the full you gave us a faulty version of this and they were found that was not true and the countersuit from epic basically blew them out of the water and so they're paying lots of money they're having to destroy all the i mean that, that just the that alone is just terrible like you think i worked ex, you know obviously these games now take year year plus of development all that work now is gone. You are right. just you got may to delete it off. Yeah, it's it's completely. You have to destroy it. You have to recall the copies of the games yep. that are still out on there. The it's crazy. So that's with extreme prejudice. Yeah, yeah. It's similar Salt to the Earth. <laughs> well, I mean, the we had talked previously about the Samsung Apple stuff in the mm-hmm. UK, where the the judge said Apple put up a notice mm-hmm. saying that Samsung did not copy you. Right. And then the judge came back and said because no, because it was too cool. Yeah, not so as cool. It wasn't as cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then Apple did their, their lawyerized version, and the judge came back and said, no, no. do it again. Right, right. <laughs> and now this last week, they came back and said, okay, because you were dicks about this, yeah. uh, you get to pay all of Samsung's court fees yep. plus more and do it again. Right, right. Because you're not getting it. Not getting it through your head. Yeah. So, so the judge is basically slapping them around with a wet fish, saying, right. "You will comply, <laughs> and you will pay and pay and pay until you do." Yeah. Oh. Indeed. Yep. So uh, next up, we have the another interesting one of some. I don't know, not really legal action, but action taken by the military against uh, Navy SEALs. They face disciplinary action for consulting on Medal of Honor warfighter. For giving away secrets. Yeah. Military secrets. Basically, they gave away classified information while acting as consultants to Electronic Arts in the development of the newest Medal of Honor game. And the Navy does not take kindly to this. No, they've already, I mean, they, they already were... Very unhappy when the member of SEAL Team 6 that was there on the Osama bin Laden kill wrote a book. book. Yes. And basically they felt that was really over the line. Over the line. But it was a hard position to be in because you're basically now having to take somebody who's considered a national hero Hero. Mm -hmm. and fight against them. And now you have seven members of SEAL of these of SEAL teams and various not just SEAL Team Six, but of the Navy SEALs that have gone and apparently gone to EA and told them things that they were not supposed to be talking about. Right. So these are you know, the, the military version of trade secrets. Yeah. And these so, are techniques we don't want the, the, guys, the bad guys to know about ahead of time, you idiots. Right. So, and um, the, uh, the response from the uh, Pentagon to this was they told, they, gave, they issued a letter of reprimand. They also docked them half pay for two months. But the letter mm-hmm. of reprimand pretty much means You're they never have, going anywhere. you have no more promotional ability within the military. A, a letter are, of reprimand yeah. from that high up in the food chain You're stuck. is, You're is, stuck. is a death sentence yeah. for your advanced career. military mm-hmm. career. Because everyone will look through your file and say, oh, you're doing, doing great work here. Oh. 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 That general had how many stars? Yeah. Yes, enjoy your non-promotion. Yeah, you are. Because if I touch you with a 12-meter cattle prod, my career is going destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it is the black spot. It was sad. I mean, I think to me the absolute saddest thing is they did it for such a crappy game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all reviews and everybody I've talked to, it's like this game is terrible. It's like, wow, oh, you gave up. I mean, I hope EA paid you well. That's the only thing uh, that can come from it. But, mm-hmm. again, when you join the military, you sign documents to say you are not going to do these well, especially things. Especially when you, and, you go to a whole other lair yeah. when you go into special ops. Yeah. Because you have to get your top secret clearance, and it's, it's no you, you don't 
get into special ops just merely by being a badass. Right, exactly. right. You get in there by being a badass and being, and you demonstrate that you are a trustworthy badass. Exactly. Exactly. Um, because you know, the loose lips sink ships. You know, that you don't. We do not talk about right. Navy SEAL Club. Right. Exactly. First rule. Exactly. And I guess they just thought, well, it's only a video game. So, but but the the secrets are the secrets. Mm-hmm. Just because they're using them to make a, vi- a video game more realistic doesn't make them not secrets. secrets. Right. Right. And you're putting in not only you're telling people, you're telling people that are going to put it into a very publicly accessible format. Game uh, or game. indeed a uh, simulator. Yeah, simulator, exactly. Uh, see, I can see how the, the bosses would have been slightly put off by that whole idea. By that. So, interesting. So, yeah, uh, it's sad for that to have happened, but I'm curious to see now how that will affect future games because everybody wants to be the most authentic possible. So, I'm curious to see how that, you know, how authentic they can now be. Are they going to have to get, you know, clearance from. The DOD is there, or, or just interview retired people right. who can't have their. Oh, they might have Even then, they may have some stuff that they can't talk about. So it's. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know the Navy and the the armed forces, at least in general, for for the United States, are going to pay a lot more attention to these formats now. And going it's a ahead. video game. How real does it have to be? Yeah. When one, when one game is much like another, you've got to differentiate yourself I somehow. Guess. I'm like, no, you don't crouch halfway down. You crouch, you know, three-fourths of the right. way down. <laughs> I mean, uh, who, was, seriously? I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about the company of Heroes, and they're coming out with Part 2. And we were kind of talking about it, and we're like, you know, this, this looks like they're just doing the Eastern Front add-on that they already did for Company of Heroes 1, where it's like, you know, it's it's just the Russian Front. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I guess they're going to put terrain. So, like, if you're going through snow, that, like, slows your guys down or you move differently through there and you have different modifiers based on desert. He's like, I really don't know how much more real I need my game. I'm like, seriously, are you going to have to, like, click on your guys to hydrate them soon? Or, like, you Private go Johnson, please. you got to go in the woods and get that <laughs> bowel movement done. And if you don't get that done, you're, you're at a fighting effectiveness. Like of the yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Pull those pants up. I mean, the Russians are incoming. <laughs> <laughs> we got Panzerfaust in the streets. You got to pinch it off. You're pinching low. <laughs> no. Pinch it. Uh, Press God. V to pinch it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Control well, you say, V. But you say, you know, how much realism do you need? I mean, at least from, think of it in, in movie terms. Okay. The movie, Navy SEALs mm-hmm. versus... Black Hawk Down. Sure. Or The Hurt Locker. Sure. Navy SEALs, arguably entertaining. Yeah. But dumb. Oh, of course. Oh, God, it is so dumb. And then you have Black Hawk Down, where you grip the back of the seat in front of you at the beginning and you do not let go until the end. You have that mix. But you feel like you went through it. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you could do that without knowing the exact thing. Right. But... There's a, I think there's a line. I mean, obviously, yeah. you want the, the closer you can get, there's a realism line that you hit, and it's like the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And then when you go past that, like Black Hawk Down wouldn't have been as entertaining if you were spending time just watching them sit there right. or Planet. go to the bathroom and, or ta- yeah. sit there and eat their full meal and talk on the radio and do the whole chatter because 
they did cut that movie to where it kept the action going. The pacing, yeah. And that's the same thing they do with video games. You have to hit that line and say, okay, this is detracting now from gameplay. We need to right. you know, do that. So The pacing is off. It's interesting. So nonetheless, uh, that was a good tangent. Um, just some <laughs> other a quick hitter. Uh, goodoldgames.com has all their interplay collection on sale for 50% off for the next four days. Bring it. Um, that's Fallout. If you like role-playing at all, I mean, the, that's Fallout 1 and 2 are basically pillars. You you have to play and those. And see, I have avoided the Fallout no. series, and this is kind of my chance to go in and yeah. I mean, it's, live it. It's kind of must must plays. I would say, and if you're, we were talking about space, vault on. space Sims earlier, if mm-hmm. you're a fan of Space Sims, Free Space 1 and 2 are some of the finest Space Sims that they've ever made. The rest of the stuff on there, you can kind of hit or miss based on your own taste. I don't think there's any other real must-buys. I personally loved Shogo Mad, even though it was a kind of silly first-person shooter, but you get to run around in this big Japanese I love Shogo Mad. Yeah, I love that It was the arcade-y, transforming robot mech. Yeah. You got then you had like a first-person shooter part. I played the hell out of it. Yeah, it was great. Multiplayer was great. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. So... But it I mean, was the Robotech of mech right, games. Right, right, because it was all Japanese-style mechs. It wasn't, and it was all you know, cluster yeah. missiles and ridiculous beam weapons. and Right, right. Yeah, see, I need to get me some of that. Yeah, I mean, so right now, every one of their games is like $2.39. So, again, you can't really go wrong uh, with that. So Most excellent. All right, you are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio. Our RSS feeds are created and maintained by RSS feed creator from JitBit Software. Check them out on the web at jitbit.com or follow the link from our front page at vtwproductions.com. I have Barry's song queued up for you all. Coming up is Jonathan Colton with Skullcrusher Mountain. We'll be back right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. Good. 
But I get the feeling that you don't like it What's with all the screaming? You like monkeys, you like ponies Maybe you don't like monsters so much Maybe I use too many monkeys Isn't it enough to know that I ruined a pony Making a gift for you Versus the World Radio. Researched Chaos. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Researched Chaos is the name of the segment. And it comes from all of you yes. in the form of our research team. Contributors this week to the Remembering the Dangerous Elite Election. Interesting title. Yeah. And contributors this week include Aid, he of the sexy foreign accent. Boba Fetish, he of the sexy the same name. Deus Ex and MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt. Yes. Or Boba Fetish. <laughs> yeah. I just missed saying it last week, so... Boba so you fetish. have to say it several right, times. Right. Got say it. what? Say Boba Fetish. Exactly. Yes, indeed. Yes. What was that name again? Boba Fetish. Boba MacBit. 
Fetish boba. <laughs> Abracapocus. <laughs> Pocus cadabra. Newport News. Walla Walla, Washington. Ah, some young guy. <laughs> some young guy. Uh, some, dumb, some dumb guy. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Anyways. Well, anyways, back to the thing at hand. Yeah, uh, the thing. Research chaos in the place with the guy. So this one, I, I saw this in here, and I have no idea how this escaped my notice. Mm-hmm. This was from the aforementioned Boba Fetish. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Boba Fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you may have pieced together over the years that I'm a bit of an ElfQuest fanboy. ElfQuest was uh, one of the 1980s first of the very one of the first very high profile independently published comics, where the husband wife create, creative team Wendy and Richard Peeney tried to get their you know, story of space-faring, interesting, semi-magic, technologically-based elves yeah. riding wolves, grand storytelling canvas, and really couldn't, couldn't sell the idea, and so said, Square, we'll publish it ourselves. Right. Um, never mind that Wendy Peeney is an amazing artist um, and does the sensual female elf really freaking well. Um, tap dances on all those anime points mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, the same kind of things that draw you to the anime heroine archetypes she nails with. Oh, I thought we were talking about boobs. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> They're a part of the equation. Good. okay. Make no mistake. Got it. But you layer this really, um, <laughs> this really impactful art style on top of some Damn good storytelling right. with okay. a lot of interesting curveballs in it. Oh, cool. Where you think they're telling you one story, and then one issue later on, and it turns into the what? Yeah. Um, and for years and years and years, they've been trying to sell the idea to Hollywood. And animated, live action, and they had this, <laughs> this lovely article where Wendy Pena was talking about, yeah, we met with this guy who thought it would be a great idea to film... The shots with the, because these are one of the main tribes, is the wolf rider elves. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll just put kids on wolves. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously don't know anything about wolves, sir. Also, and kids. <laughs> this is before, you know, hardcore CGI, obviously. Um, <laughs> what you would be doing is providing the wolves with snacks. <laughs> Here you go. You just see the wolves just take off into the forest with these kids, like, ah! <laughs> So, <laughs> where'd Timmy go? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Where's Timmy? Exactly. <laughs> mommy, mommy. Um, yep. And right around the time The Hobbit got greenlit, the, they got as close as they had ever gotten before to greenlight an ElfQuest movie. And because they would have had a, a release date in the same holiday season, you know, the executives in their infinite wisdom who are always right and never cancel yeah. anything bad... <clears throat> Decided, well, no, we don't think the market can tolerate two fantasy movies in the same holiday season. Yeah. Mm. Red, we won't make as much bank if, right. we exactly. are, if we aren't the only kid on the block. So we won't just push it back a year. We just won't make it at all. Right, right. Thank you for your years of effort and tireless marketing. Uh, go away. Yeah. So from Variety.com, we have ElfQuest Journeys to the Big Screen. Now, what this leaves out is they have been journeying to the big screen. <laughs> This is about the 50th time the rights have changed hands. a long journey. This is like makes the walk to Mordor <laughs> seem like a summer stroll. Well, it makes the story <laughs> in the comics almost as bad as the yeah. story, or almost as lengthy <laughs> and involved as the story to get to the big screen. Oh, but <laughs> Elf, Elfquest may be headed to the big screen 
Producers Stephanie Thorpe and Paula Rhodes acquiring movie rights to the 35-year-old... Co- oh, my God, I feel old. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> series by Wendy and Richard Peeney. Thorpe and Rhodes, who produced ElfQuest, a fan imagining, a short live-action production, extremely high quality, and Barry oh, VA will link this, and it'll be in the show notes. You can go look at that. And, man, did they choose some uh, lovely young ladies to, really? play, to play the uh, female elves in that yeah. one. Dang. Uh, they know at ElfQuest.com, the property's official website, generates 10 million view- views a month. There's a little bit of interest in it. <laughs> so you think that's a bit of a selling point? Yeah. Built-in audience. Built-in right, audience. Right. Hello, hello. With their deep love and understanding of the property, they represent a new direction for ElfQuest, Wendy Peeney said. New creative energy and new connections in the larger media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warner Brothers had been developing, and they were the ones who dropped the ball and said, mm, no. nah. But now their rights have lapsed, so the Peenies were able to assign the rights to this other team, who obviously have a lot of investment in the property to the point of being willing to produce their own fan film, a la Batman Dead End, kind of a fun thing. Right, right. As their demo reel. And it's the same, same kind of flavor of, you really like this source material, don't you? But you're a massive cut above yeah. the average fan film because you're obviously a professional filmmaker. Right, right. I showed uh, Batman Dead End to a friend of mine for the first time this day. Really? Because he had gone as uh, kind of a melding of the modern Joker and the classic Joker oh, for Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Said, Have you ever seen this? I wanted to show him the actor that they had doing the Joker in right. that end, who has the perfect yeah. face. I mean, he, he, without any prosthetics, with just the makeup, had the almost attaining the impossible smile that they often picture the Joker with, mm-hmm. like in The Killing Joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you're really crazy. <laughs> and you're perfect for this role. Please stay. Right. So, yet another chance for one of my beloved properties to make it to have its chance to be screwed up on the big screen. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome. Can't wait to see The Hobbit. No kidding. So, if, I, if I can get ElfQuest in like Peter Jackson's hands, right. then all will be well. There yeah. you go. God, are you kidding me? 35 years worth of material? Oh, my God. These movies God. will be made until, you know... A millennia or two, then. <laughs> it is what is known as you know, a rich uh, reservoir of source yeah, material. Exactly. <sighs> but I can't throw them to the wolves. <laughs> There's our title. There you go. <laughs> Release the wolves! I know. <laughs> and the children! <laughs> Give them a 10 second head start. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. Cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> really got out of hand. <laughs> I got a rock. Yeah. I got a trident. I got a trident. <laughs> Killed a man with a trident. I saw that. I saw that. I mean to talk to you about that, Brick. <laughs> Suggest you lay low for a little while. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Anyway. Speaking of Batman, who wants the next one? Oh, Yeah. You want to do this? No, go for it. Okay, so... Because Adam West is... This is a good one. It's almost more of a visual joke, but still, I think it plays here, too. You can explain it really well. Yeah, definitely. uh, Adam West has the world's best phone book listing. Now, background for you who may not know, Adam West played Batman in the classic, campy 60s Batman Batman TV shows and and movies. Yeah, and he's also known as Mayor West on Family Guy and, you know, various other... uh, One of the most awesome interviewees ever. If you're going to find the interviews he does, he is completely awesome. Because he's basically insane, but nonetheless. um, Yeah, but he's but but, but, Yeah, he's got got a lot of uh, wit in his insanity. So anyway, so 
This comes from us from nerdapproved.com. Uh, it's too bad nobody uses the phone book anymore because Adam West phone listing is fantastic. Uh, Redditor Slapshotten11, who lives in the same valley as the Batman star, decided to look the man up in the phone book. He found the best listing ever for Adam West. So when it's he like looked a treasure hunt, when he looked it up, he he looked in the white pages and found West Adam, and it goes over to where normally a phone number would appear, and instead it says C Wayne Bruce Millionaire. So then he goes to the next one where he looks up Wayne Bruce Millionaire. He goes, please consult crime fighters in the yellow pages. He goes to the yellow pages and There's it says... There's a single entry section called crime, crime fighters. fighters. And it says, see Batman, white pages. And when he goes back to the white pages, it says, Batman, see West Adam. Adam. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect it's circle. It's a perfect circle. circle. So they said, if only listed the address of the Batcave. It's the only thing yeah. missing. So See, cave, comma, bat. Just brilliant, <laughs> brilliant use, though, of the phone book. I mean, I don't know if Adam West actually did this himself. Or someone, someone did, or somebody homage did to his him. homage or whatever. But overall, it's a great use of, uh, of that culture. I mean, I would have to imagine he, at the very least, would be aware of it. <laughs> and, and obviously, he didn't go and tra- bother changing it. So it's either done by him or at least imp- approved by him, which this is very is similar cool. to a little, a little thing I saw. It was just, you know, Batman and Robin in, in the Twitter age, uh-huh. where they have a tweet from Robin saying, just chilling with Batman in the Batcave, and then showing the geolocation of the Batcave. <laughs> Next, the tweet response from Batman, Robin, what in the hell are you doing? Chill out, man. Nobody reads these things. Next one from the Joker. My, isn't this interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Batman, God damn it. Poor Robin. Uh. <laughs> and the title of that whole thing was Why Batman Now Works Alone. Yeah. <laughs> that should immediately lead to, lead to that one meme that's always shown of the old uh, Batman comic race backhand. Yeah, he's Robin. giving Robin the big slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love God. that one. First rule of that game is we do not tweet yeah. location. <laughs> we do not tweet. We do not have locations on. We don't allow that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so we also have uh, REI, yeah, which that is one's really good. Pretty good. Um, I forget what I always forget what it stands for, but it's basically an outdoor recreational outfit. equipment. Equipment. It used to be international, uh-huh. and then they changed. It's just incorporated now. So oh, it's okay. Recreational equipment incorporated. So basically, it's an outdoors. They are place. the godlike yeah. outdoorsy place. Yeah. Like sports authority, but good. sports authority, uh, outdoor world, all those type of things. So they basically took a page from the CDC and said, uh-huh. you know what? Zombies are popular, and like people are and really cool. into this whole like zombie outbreak, and what mm-hmm. do I do in a zombie outbreak? So let's put a page up describing all the products that we sell and say this is the things you'd need to survive a zombie outbreak. And they do it in a pretty clever way. They show, and they really you know kind of get into it with, like, zombie outbreaks happen. <laughs> like, obviously these things obviously just going to cure. Duh. Duh. You need to gear up. Uh, with REI to avoid getting eaten by the moaning masses of undead cannibals. This infographic provides an overview of 13 essential pieces of equipment you'll need and provides step-by-step illustrations demonstrating critical zombie survival skills. And so I love one of the first questions. Are you prepared for the next zombie outbreak? When was the last one? Not sure when that was, but I mean, it, it makes you... It recommends <laughs> things like hydration packs and... 
uh, stormproof matches and survival knives. And I love mini playing cards. Great for playing pokers with your fellow survivors. When all your friends are gone, there's always solitaire. Solitaire. <laughs> My favorite is still number 12, though, the cast yeah. iron skillet. Cooking tool and a blunt instrument with awesome zombie stopping power. See right. figure one below. Yeah. And then figure one shows the proper swing yeah. and the, of the, and the uh, target and the follow pan. through. Yes, and follow the target on the head. through. Bing. Yeah, right. And then they cut directly to, to figure two, applying moleskin to a blister. Yeah. <laughs> We just crossed over a dimensional barrier there from one world to another. That's very important. You might give yourself a blister when you're swinging. And you're no, when you're running away. Oh, yeah. You need to see if you have blisters, you can't run fast because your feet are hurt. So mm-hmm. you can't have right. blisters, hence the moleskin. Yeah, you've got to be yes. prepared. Gotta be prepared. orienting a zombie with a tactical flashlight. Yeah. Shine light in zombie's eyes. Step two, run. Run. Yeah, exactly. Fast. Cardio. Um, <laughs> Cardio. The, uh, I love also that there's a recommended zombie research material, and it's everything from... Uh, as REI has their own zombie uh, preparedness video to books like World War Z and the Living Dead to shows like The Walking Dead and you know Land of the Dead to websites. Documentaries. Well, I love websites like Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts of America. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, when I think of the zombie outbreak, I'm going to the Boy Scouts of America. You should. I know. They got a lot of great they stuff. They tell you how to start a fire, yeah, if you how need... to make a shelter. Oh, I yeah. mean, come on. Actually, I've, I've seen in guides, like, that's one of the things you should always have is have that handbook. Because basically, yeah. the Boy Scouts handbook tells you how to do all the survival stuff yep. in pretty concise terminology. They're not screwing around. No, not for, at all. Yeah, because, I mean, it's Save the voice Eagle Scouts for he will save you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned a couple of things there because uh, World War Z um, trailer has released. Oh yeah, God, I watched it, and I mean, it's so I, I, I nearly, haven't seen it. I don't really no. don't don't don't. Th- I mean, it's it's like Starship Troopers. Do not it's not World do War not Z. think World War Z when you watch it. Just think zombie movie. Just think it didn't even tell you that much about the movie. It basically yeah. showed the main characters escaping from non-specified disaster right. thing and one wide shot of things that might be zombies. Yeah, but I mean, the zombies more look like insects, or they be, were behaving like insects. They seemed yeah. to be moving really fast. and like they Really were, fast. They were like scaling a wall by creating like an anthill, like they were going yeah. up on top of each other. And it was really weird. Like it totally... It was very much like the bugs from... Yeah. Starship Troopers. So, Starship Troopers. Oh. so it was that same. It was like an insect attack more than it was. But, zombies. I mean, this was not your shambling zombie. This is your running faster yeah. than a cheetah zombie. Super duper and fast. Millions of them. And Brad Pitt going around to save the world from it somehow. Yeah. Oh. And then in, in there also, the, I can't remember the name of the. Food. It was originally a short internet movie uh-huh. um, that's been converted into a full movie. I can't remember the name, but it's basically. Universe is post-zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have two grades of zombie. Right. You've got the good old shambling zombie. Shamblers, yeah. And then you have the skeletal ones, which are basically the zombies to the zombies. Oh, okay. Oh, so right. they're, they're like the, the, the Reavers. They're, like the, they're similar to the ones from I Am Legend. Oh, okay, cool. So they're, and, the, it's a, and it's a love story. Oh. It's basically surviving human female meeting shambling zombie boy. Uh-huh. And... Uh, becoming his pet or her pet and falling for her and it starts curing him basically I guess is is the idea Uh, because his heart starts to beat in response to her she touched my hand yeah and it looks cute that's Um, cool well I mean that's that's an interesting I I would watch that before I mean, it's, it's, it's in the yeah. vein of Zombieland. It's it's that kind of a take oh, on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and we've talked about this before because we had um, uh, Brooks out here 
um, the author of World War Z at Comic Con. Oh, yes, And he was yes, talking Max about Brooks. Max Brooks, and he was talking about it and said, you know, I have nothing to do. We, I sold the we rights. gave the rights away. We washed our way. I have no involvement in the movie whatsoever. And it's just one of those times where you look at this and you go, why? Why Why would you take a, buy these rights to this product, which you're buying, assuming that people already know about it and really, really love it, and then go, we're not going to make this, though. We're just going to use the name, and we might throw in a few tidbits to make you think of the book, but really it's going to be something completely different from the book mm-hmm. entirely that was already really popular. So we're guessing that popularity will somehow make us money transfer over. And, yeah, it it looks bad. If you're a fan of the book, it looks really bad. It, I, I wept. I, it was so. like, if you're what not a, a fan of the book, it may be something that catches your attention. I, I don't, don't know. see why you buy the rights at that point. Yeah. At that pay- point, make up your own dang zombie movie. I mean, right. apparently... Or you buy would... the rights and then release a different movie just so that you don't have that as a competitor As a competitor, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But well, I, would why... think, I would think World War Z would have done better with a treatment like Miracle Day. Where... Like a serial... A, like mini, a, ser- a mini-series on TV with each evening... Focusing on one of the chapters. And that's that way true. you can maintain the structure of the book, which is basically a chapter talking about the Indian subcontinent. Right. And a chapter talking about the military having to adapt their methodology, their utter failure yes. in Manhattan to oh my God, yes. their pushing back across. I mean, this. To their pushing across the entire and told US. In, in flashback form would have worked beautifully well, for, say, a six or seven episode miniseries. Yeah. I, th- I think it would have worked great there. I think they could have done it in a movie format. We I saw an example. Um, I think it was my parents. Well, Cloud Atlas does that kind Cloud of thing. Cloud Atlas has episodic. Uh, we haven't seen that yet, but there was even there's a movie. I think it was called Night in Paris, but I could be wrong about that. But it was basically a bunch of short little movies within one movie that was all taking place in Paris, and it was a bunch of different actors. Uh, Elijah Wood was in one of the stories, and it was different styles of film. But I think you could have done this with the overarching of the reporter going around. And each of them leading into a story. Warm Bodies was the name of the movie oh, okay. that I was talking about. That, that, sh- that was short. It's got Rob Corddry in it. Oh, um, God. <laughs> well, the funny thing, they, they, they show bits. And if you can go find the, the official trailer on YouTube for Warm Bodies, it is worth the watch. Okay. Because it's basically the human survivors. Yeah. And the, the, the shambling zombies slowly kind of coming around and regaining their humanity. Oh, okay. And then they're joining forces against the skeletal zombies who are, the, are big, who are the big bads. people, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're the super fast, right. threatening ones. And there's you know a bit where you know all the humans are have, have a horde of skeletal ones coming out. Like, oh, God, oh, God. And then Rob Cord like, takes them out with a Zamboni or something. Oh, jeez. Like, hey. <laughs> one of the girls is like, sup? Nice. like, Oh boy! Lots of opportunities for moments in it, like right, 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 right. Um, some of the comments are saying, "Nah, you should have just left it as the internet short that it was." Yeah, and we'll we'll see. Yeah, well, Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris. Midnight right, in Paris. right. Um, Thank you, IRC. You have been. You have been. You yeah, they've been, been on the so ball. Ball today. On the ball. Um, all right, so we have one other that I definitely wanted to talk about. The Star which Wars. Was, yeah, Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> you want to talk about? Um, I can. Let me, I just <laughs> sorry. Got out of it, so let me go back in there. Sure. So it's basically um, <clears throat> the title is uh, Toy Story 3's Michael. How do you pronounce his name before I butcher it? I ardent. Ardent. I'm gonna guess. Co- um, confirmed really good a Star Wars Episode uh, Seven, seven writer. writer. Yeah. So we're gonna have a Star Wars Episode Seven. Well, we knew that. We knew that was coming. And out, he but... is going to be the writer. Yes. Now uh, the update 
basically says on this because the original um, the original article didn't have him as the actual writer. They said he was a possible writer, but it was since been confirmed. But it has since been been confirmed that he is now the screen. Screen, he's writing the screenplay for this episode 7 and the official Star Wars site says basically the following as pre-production of Star Wars episode 7 begins Lucasfilm has confirmed that award winning writer Michael Arndt will write the screenplay for the new Star Wars film as revealed in the ongoing video series posted here and basically it goes the, if you read the article it's actually quite interesting it goes to show how um, he has done lectures actually on why the Star Wars films... Yeah, it was the art the, of storytelling, the, the art of but story he really telling. focused on you Star Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars yeah. yeah. And, and why they tugged basically at our heartstrings so much and why we love them so much. Well, I mean, Lucas, when you see his interviews, he, he does not hide the fact that I am using classic... Mm-hmm. I invented no storytelling techniques. I took classic archetypes... The good father and the dark father right. and the young hero who doesn't know his destiny. And he makes no secret of the fact is I looked to classic literature, the Odyssey, the Iliad, all these things. And I very purposefully wrote a modern interpretation and just and all I did was set it in space with robots. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. invent anything new. So it makes sense that someone would take that and say, I will but, do lectures telling you about classical storytelling right, right, using right. Star Wars as your familiar backdrop. But he also said that he... The reason it was such, which is true, the reason that it, it's so great for all of us and, and why we have all this emotional response and why still after all these years we still love that the movie is because of the fact that during the, he basically resolved all the issues in a really small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically the climax happens and within, I think it was like 20 seconds? 22 seconds. 22 seconds. All the story threads. Boom. From the yes. point of the great despair, which is yes. basically when you're like not sure if things are going to work out. Everything to is resolution. going wrong to resolution. Mm-hmm. was 22, 22 seconds. seconds. Well, we're you know, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Luke appears to be going bad. Yes. Right. And they're not able to make yeah. it into the... Well, I mean, I think even... I mean, he uses Star Wars, so episode four, as the yeah. example with basically, um, you know, when you have Luke. Ship. He's not sure you can do it. You've seen Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, um... Obi-Wan appears and says... Use the Use force. The force. Mm-hmm. So he says this resolves one conflict because now Luke is gets self assurance and he's willing to trust himself and become the hero right. that he wants to be. Han appears and basically shows that he's overcome he's not, a philosophical he's not all bad, la- not layer. All bad. Yeah, he's overcome selfishness with altruism and shoots down Vader. And then Luke makes the shot into the Death Star, proving which, that he's got the gift. Well, internal and external takes away the big threat of you know the Death Star is right. about to fire on mm-hmm. Yavin, and, and so the rebellion survives. Yeah, long enough to escape. Yeah, so it was it was all came. Yeah, that would have been horrible. So yeah, Yavin four. But nonetheless, so they resolve that. And I think they even reaches that somewhat in like you were mentioning Return of Jedi, where you have Darth Vader picks up the Emperor, throws him down. Mm -hmm. The uh, Millennium Falcon goes through, hits the core. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was you know it was a big. It wasn't it wasn't as compressed. Wasn't as you had the you had the the heart touching moment in the docking bay. Sure, sure. Take this mask off and. and I think you look at like a movie like Return of the King, where I mm-hmm. think they hit that resolution point and then they dragged it out way yes. long afterwards, which is one of the reasons why I had an issue with how they did the movie version of Return of the King. I know it matches somewhat of the book, but it was... The book was even worse. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you had the, the whole... had a whole other... You had the whole going, Saruman going, 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 coming going, back yeah. into the town and all that crap. And that, was, and that was something that 
Tolkien wanted to tell is, you know, there are other effects of horrible war. Right, right. Like, you can never go home. Right. But again, just from a story point standpoint, from a story point, it, yeah. it, it, you hit the crescendo for the audience, and then you're left kind of going with the, like, oh. Yeah, okay. if they would have stopped the, it when the they all kneeled. went on forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So normally, ah, uh, this one right. was, Whoa. Let's go. I think if Let's they would have stopped that one where everyone kneeled, it lets you know that yeah. even though you're small, you can still be powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. The king is still the king, yep. whether he has a crown or not. Hail the king, baby. Yeah. Love conquers all. Right, right. It was know, a big And good will overcome up. evil all in like this. Yeah. And they could have ended it there and everybody would have been like, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. We don't care really what happens to him now. Um, yep. So that, that, everything after that point was pure fan service. It was, it was fluff. Right. So, but, it, but it was yeah. there for the hardcore fans. I know. Right. No. Because yeah. if they had ended it there... Oh my God! The wailing and gnashing of teeth from the yeah, fan. It could community. have been extended edition material. Yeah, extended mind. edition material. Um, absolutely. Here's a whole extra film. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, just that little chunk because I mean, like yeah, the minutes. whole return back it's to the Hobbit yes. film and the boat and all that crap. Um, one thing I also wanted to point out from the article is that they there's a couple of interesting points that they make. Uh, one was the fact that they're I'm trying to look for the exact paragraph. Okay. So sources also tell Vulture that the studio brass wants to bring back the three central yes. characters of the original Star Wars. Leia and Luke. A much yes. older Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo. No details are in place with any of the original actors, though our sources did say they have high ambitions to sign up Mark Hamill. And uh, Entertainment Weekly is recently reported that Harrison Ford was open to the idea of returning. I mean, he came back for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He, he is legally obligated this. to come back for this. Absolutely. So, and then also they've said that they've already uh, took the 40-something page treatment that uh, Arden has uh, created, and they're taking them to top directors, including Brad Bird, Steven Spielberg, and J.J. Abrams. See, Abrams or Bird, I think, would nail it. Yeah. And they said whether or not they'd be interested is unknown, you know, in parentheses. Star Wars is a lot of baggage for an established director, but Disney wants to make sure they've at least tried to get the biggest names. I mean, yeah, they, but do you so think does... Abrams would love to have Trek, Trek and, and Star Wars yes. yeah. in his resume? I mean, come on, the, the ultimate nerd achievement. I can die now. Yeah. I have done a Star Trek revival and a Star Wars revival. I'm good. I am the god of all nerds. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, all we need then is like Whedon to do like Justice League movies uh, and, exactly. and the Avengers just be like, well, oh, I'm done now. Mine is as big as yours, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ultimate show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the subtext in this is also that it's basically we're not going to get the Thrawn trilogy. Because if it's a much older, well, I mean, Luke he seems like they they want to take a shot at getting the uh, original act, right. original actors. So but if they do that, that leap that leapfrogs <laughs> too far into the future because the Grand Admiral Thrawn series picks up at the end of Return of the Jedi. Well, I guess I mean the thought would be, do you have to do it there? True. Can you, you could, push you could that? Re- can you, push you could it, reframe it. Can you push it several years been, afterwards? Yeah, it's been forty years, and now this long yeah. lost contingent of the Empire is coming to, to destroy the young Republic, right, right. headed by Grand Admiral Thrawn, played by Daniel Day Lewis. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who 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 would need to play Thrawn? Cold and calculating. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, Elrond. Uh, oh, oh, Mr. Anderson Mr. guy. Anderson yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Come on, IRC, help the, us out I here. Just watched The Matrix the other day, <laughs> yeah. too. And, uh, I can't think of his name. So uh, him or who else could do the... He'd be a solid solid choice. Um, Kevin Spacey. Nah. No. no. Superman ruined him for me. 
Yeah. You need somebody kind of a little more imposing physically. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, too. I think so, too. I don't know. That's, that's, that that bears right, some see, thought. Help us out. That should have been our call-in topic. Oh, there well. you go. Maybe next week. It's not week. too late. Yep, yep. Get, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we have our final break here with a short song, and we'll come back and we will roll yeah. D75. No, we'll roll. Uh, we'll press the button on yes. Rafflecopter, Rafflecopter and okay. tell you who all has won what, and then we will take your calls, warm up your copies of Skype, and point them at VTW shows. Hugo Weaving. Oh. Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving. Thank yes. you, Barry. Going out of my mind. All right, we shall return right after a little bit of Marion Call. All the cool kids keep enthusiasm rationed Right down to the last explosive ounce But I'd rather indulge my many passions even if my squaritude's a little too pronounced Perhaps I do not strike you as a geek Without the horn-rimmed glasses and knee-high argyle socks But nerdery is more than wardrobe deep And I'm a nerd down in my heart and that's where nerdhood rocks I'm better acquainted than a good girl ought to be Joseph Bridge and Worf and Hal and Han But you don't really know me And my culture don't control me So don't you pigeonhole me Cause my face are set to stun Oh, I have been a nerd since long before I could have heard that bookish girl Should look and act a certain way And I'll still be a geek when I am utterly antique Because I do not My superpowers draining fun from parties But if I am a misfit then I'm in good company With Auden, Austin, Hawking, Galileo and Van Gogh And countless other weirdos whom you really ought to know So stow your expectations, no I won't fix your PC And I don't mind being underrated or ignored is much too interesting to entertain, aren't we? And I won't ever play it cool, so I won't ever once be bored. Oh, I have been a nerd since long before anyone heard that Bev and Scrawny was the latest fashion trend. And I still be a geek after nobody thinks it's chic because I don't require approval in the In art for Dequan's dance groups swept the country And suddenly old moon boots were Italian haute couture Time magazine reported that our time had finally come I guess they didn't know that we already ran the world Oh, I have been a nerd since my first five syllables Flat. Ah, 
Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. And now I get to press the jolly candy-like button. Barry, what do you got going on in the background there? I'm going to turn you down. See, that's why I don't that's people why we don't, on. Yeah. I don't bring them on until I'm Barry, ready to talk on. to them. Yeah, see, we just yeah, turned that see, volume yeah. down, and yeah. now he can hear us, and we can't hear him. Oh, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How about that Barry VA guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> All right, so listening to, no, looking at the shiny candy-like button mm-hmm. on Rafflecopter. Yes. Are you going to push it or what? Push the button that says, push the button. You're a winner. It crashed. (laughs) Trindle, trindle. Okay, let's see. It's going. It's thinking. Well, it's got a whole bunch of stuff here. It says, okay, pick the winners. What am I supposed to do now? (laughs) (laughs) We're so prepared Uh, for this. This Yeah, (laughs) should have probably tested this out prior to the show. There we go. Okay. Winner number one. Oh, it even lets me press a little button and send emails and all that oh, kind cool. Of cool stuff. Does it tell you what they won? That's the interesting bit. Apparently not. <laughs> 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 You're all winners in life. In our eyes. <laughs> so, James uh. McKinvin, you are the first one drawn from the hat. Um... This is not working at all the way that their manual described it would. It was supposed to be press button, and it selects one winner for each item that was up for bids and then gives you them all, and it is lying to us. Huh. I see. But at the very least, James McKinman has won something. Good he, job, you James. You won something. Nice job, James. Go, James. You're a winner. Go, James. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it won't show me what's won. what. Was the, uh, what, was, what was the bottom price? I can't see that on the screen right now. Well, okay. Uh, okay. Let's see here. I just keep getting the in my head the you're a winner from Oh stop it and Alright, so we go over to your giveaways and see at least the number of people we need to draw. Sure. And then we'll, basically we can do it in the land of first person draw and gets to choose their prize and Right. And we'll go down the list and each people can choose which thing from the list. Oh, okay. That works. So the items up for bid include the single large PAX 2012 goodie bag, the single large PAX, 20, PAX East 2012, courtesy of Deathformer, one Nerdtacular 2012 goodie bag, two small PAX Prime goodie bags, one show's worth of uh, segment sponsorships for free. Mm-hmm. So it's three entries. The Walking Dead episode four game code, 
two 2009 BlizzCon exclusive noobs Rainer figures. Excuse me. One skull desktop icons figurine from PAX 2010. Five of the, you know, five people each will get one of the WoW TCG slash Jance loot card. Four people can get the WoW TCG Lando's Little XT loot card. One of the tiny Raptor Mount loot cards. And we have three of the Papa Hummel's Old Fashioned Pet Biscuit loot cards. So it sounds about so three, four, eight, nine, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 people we need to draw. So we've drawn two of them so far. Whew. Ah, so we need 21 more. <laughs> so, so far we have James McKinvin. McKinvin will get first crack. Okay. Sean Pollander will get second crack. Uh-huh. Third, Aver- third Aver- crack. Avery S. And we, we will email you, so don't, don't your worry. Your crack. Don't worry. <laughs> Look for your crack in your email. <laughs> I hate you all so bloody much. Third winner, Avery S. Open it carefully. <laughs> Fourth, David Green. Hmm. Fifth, Ben Moss Woodward. Oh. Sixth, Daniel Waterman. Seventh, Igor or Igor? Igor? Igor Segota. Seven crack. Eight, <laughs> James Rodriguez. Nine, simply under the name hmm, Conist, C-O-N-Y-S-T. All right. Uh, next one, Chris. Okay. If you're, I don't, you, just wait. If you get an email and you're a Chris, yeah. you're this Chris. This yeah. is just the person who only gave their first name. Uh, that was 10, right? <coughs> e. Revan. Julia F. Uh-huh. 12. Miko Vilhu or Vilhu. Thirteenth, Jeff Baker. Fourteenth, Bandano. Bandano. Fifteenth, Sebastian Gensike or Gensk. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was fifteen, right? So yep. Sixteen. We have too many prizes. No kidding. Noble Kindred. All right. 17. John Smith. John Smith. All righty. This is what, 17? Abby Fiscus or Fiscus? Ficus? No, Fiscus. 19. Matthias Saavedra. Saavedra. And 20. Peter. Peter. Nice. 21. That's the last one, right? There's 23. 23, okay. So this is... You can make me count it now. Okay. Uh, No, that's fine. Keep going. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. This is the 21st. Okay. Gretchen Meyer is 21. That's 22. Matt Colleone. Or Colleone. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we better give him first crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. And finally, the last crack, Matt Condom. Nice. Not to be confused with Condom. We need to get 23rd seconds. Sloppy 23rds, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> so we will email you each in turn once the person ahead of you has chosen their prize. Yeah. Giving you your choice of the remaining prizes. Right. 
and we will request from you shipping information at that time. Yes. Congratulations to the 23 winners of Yay! the great goodie bag giveaway mm-hmm. of Aught 12. I'm sure we'll post this stuff somewhere yes. as well. This does give me all kinds of options to export to Excel Woo-hoo! spreadsheets and that stuff, but we will begin by emailing the winners, and we'll let you know when it's your turn to, to choose and what you have left to choose from. Cool. Now, let's check and see if this guy still has background noise going on. Uh, someone's on the line. Nah. Hey, Reginald, how's your keeper? <clears throat> so can you hear me now? I don't understand what's going on. Uh, all we could hear last night when we last had your volume turned up was someone else's voice in the background being really loud and annoying. Yeah. So we turned it down. So we, so we turned it down. We muted So we couldn't you. hear you anymore. Right. Weird. I don't know what that was. Anyways. Hi. How are you? Hi. Good. Hi. What's your feeling I- on this week's call-in topic? That drawing was really boring. <laughs> oh, uh, this week's calling topic. Uh, yeah, I haven't played many of the bigger title games this season. I think the biggest game I've played in the last couple months is probably the new Pokemon, which is weird. Well, you're, like the... you're, you're a very weird person, so that, that fits. That, yeah. Well, I am super excited and waiting for the Nintendo Wii U that's coming out next weekend. Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. In fact, uh, on next week's show, uh, I'll have had it for all of 14 hours by the time we start the show, or so by the time we start the show, so I'll be able to tell you a lot about my first impressions about picking it up at the midnight release next weekend, and setting it up, and playing I'm really curious if any of the game devs make decent use of the super-duper uh, Wii U extended controller. Mm. Exactly. They did I'm excited pass. to find out. We shall see. So yeah, we'll t- um, definitely tap you for I that knowledge. I also wanted to call back to an earlier topic when we were talking about British TV shows. Yes, there are many. That uh, have been exported to U.S. TV shows. And there was one that you guys didn't mention uh, that I noticed. I, I brought it up in the IRC, but there's a show called um, Shameless. And the U.S. version of it is on Showtime. And it's way better than the British version. Okay. So it can happen. Mm-hmm. What's it, it can about? happen. It's a really good show. The U.S. version has uh, William H. Macy in it, and uh, it's a really cool show. Um, I think that um, the British version and I think the the U.S. version might be on Netflix. I know the British version is on Netflix, but they're on, like, their eighth season now, right, which is rare started. for a, a U.K. show. But um, the U.S. version, I think, has done two full seasons, and, yeah, everyone should check that out. It's a good show. Sweet. Now joining us through the Miracle Conference calls, Darahas, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. What are your feelings on today's uh, topic, and did you win anything in our little giveaway? Uh, no, I did not. I, I didn't sign up. Oh, fail. No. I didn't sign up, so yeah. you can't didn't win get anything. you don't play. Yep. So what did you feel about today's uh, call-in topic? Uh, looking back back i haven't played any recent games from this season the oldest one i the newest one i played was darksiders 2 you can make an argument that's part of the season i mean it was definitely the flagship for thq this year yeah and then before that it it was prototype 2 back in april oh yeah so i haven't played any games all right so did darksiders 2 live up? how did did it hold up yeah um darksiders 2 so much better than the first. Oh, my God. The first is... It's still good, but it has issues. Yeah. So this one with the sequel one-ups the, the original. Completely. It, it's more of a RPG, in a way, instead of more Fine. Dante... Uh, not Dante. Uh, Devil, May, Devil May Cry meets Zelda. Yeah. 
That's good. You got, you got all these different level ups. And the it, the enemies just explode all sorts of loot. So much fun. Loot explosions are happy things. Nice. Yeah, and they just literally explode and pop pop sites or maces. Lootgasm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I invented a word. Yep. Yeah, that's two today. It's been out there. But what, okay. the, the Britif- Britishification? Yeah. Right. Britification? Britification. All right. Thank you, Darhaus. We will catch you on, <laughs> on the Frippa side. Oh, it. you know what? I was going to bring up. You guys asked about it earlier, and oh, never, I, I answered you. I forgot to hang up on him. Why did you do that? Barry, oh, oh, hi, Barry. Yes. Do go on. Uh, the guy that plays Sherlock Holmes in the U.S. version is Johnny Lee Miller, the guy from the ha- Hackers movie. Right. We knew that. You never mentioned it. You oh, were asked, but this... never never answered the question. I can't picture the guy. Yeah, yeah he was. He's Angelina Jolie's first husband. No, that's uh, Tommy Lee Jones. No, that's her second husband. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. You're, you're talking about? No, 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 no. I don't know who you're talking yeah. about. Same kind you... of facial scarring. But... Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, no, he's her second Jones. husband. Okay, you she know was who married I'm thinking beforehand. Of. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I've uh, secretly stealthily added a new caller. Who's calling you on the air? I think it's Talia. Hey, Talia. Uh, Talia. We, bring, we bring your accent to Grace Dax's ears. And how do you feel That's about right. today's call-in topic? Well, uh, I think I can hear myself in the background. No, we hear this. Oh. It's slightly. That's on your end. Yeah, that's, uh, you, that's <laughs> we hear not, you, you sound well. perfectly normal okay. on our end. Keep talking. Um, I wish I could say something about Halo 4. The only problem is that it's an Xbox-only game. Yeah. And I've been hearing a lot of... It, it's kind of sad because I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about Halo 4, and people are saying that it's a really go- good addition to the, to the franchise, but... Not not for the glorious PC Master Race. So ah, no. the glorious then PC again, Master Race. I, I'm I'm going to make a sign and hang it above my door. The <laughs> uh, so glorious PC Master Race. Yeah, the, the irony, of course, is that the whole PC Master Race was a thing made from. Um, I don't know. Who said it again, but it was supposed to be an insult to PC gamers who consider themselves the PC Master Race. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The that's the that's a ter- terrible insult. <laughs> but. I have been playing XCOM and Borderlands 2, and mm. both are really good games who basically delivered what they promised. So I've heard nothing negative about either of those. They, they both are supposed to be very strong additions to the franchise. One following immediately on its predecessor, one a much-delayed sequel. Yeah. yeah. Well, XCOM was so good. But You're you, you, can, you can deliver a good game and on, the, on an existing franchise if you just... Put your heart in it and yeah. try to do as good as you can. So Put the same resources you would if it was original content. And don't just coast on the fact that the predecessor was successful. Right. And you get things like Borderlands. So when, I'm look- so when I'm looking at XCOM and I'm looking at Borderlands, so maybe maybe there's a tiny spot of hope for Episode 7. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, we've never had. I mean, outside of things like the, the James Bond films, mm-hmm. we haven't had movie franchises that have spanned this much time and this many movies. Right. I mean, outside of Bond, can you think of anything else where uh, it's been... That's also a strange thing because I saw Skyfall this week and when you compare Skyfall to the basic material from, from Fleming, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a world apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, the, the, the source fact, material Bond is not nearly as interesting better. as he is in the films. Yeah. All right, Steph. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Thank you for calling and gracing us with your accent. Thank Hope you. Hope to talk to you soon. Yep. Thank you. Take care. 
And welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? I think it's CJ. CJ, what's up? Hey. What's going on, guys? Well, we're doing a show, talking to people, video games, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) You would know something about Um, that. (laughs) Usually, yeah. Though mine isn't nearly as entertaining as your guys' (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for stroking our egos. Now, yeah. what's your opinion on today's topic? <laughs> um, I haven't really played like any of the big, huge games either. The last one I played was Borderlands 2 and Honored. And both of them held up to what you promised. <laughs> so you thought that they, they, the sequels you've played recently have lived up to the promise, so they haven't merely grabbed at your money because we put a two after the name and therefore you will give us money neener, neener, neener. Correct. Um, I know the producer for Temple Tech has played uh, Ask Creek 3 and he says buggy and it's not great. But he's such a game. <laughs> Might be slightly biased. Yeah, just a tad. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll shortly be able to report on that. Interesting. I'm going to hang up on you summarily because we're getting some weird reverb from you, though. But thank you for calling in yep. this week. And let's add to the conference. And welcome to the show. You're on the air. Who's calling? This is Agri SSW. Agri SSW. You want to do it now or later? I'd like to give a fantastic big shout out to my loving girlfriend, Ambrosia Hartnett. Shout out. So given. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about this week's call in? Oh man, lots of games coming out have come out, and I own a big chunk of them actually, and it's hurt my wallet quite nicely. And how? But have you had time to actually play them, or are they merely sitting there in the shrink wrap? Oh no, I've played a little, I've played the majority of them. Like uh, the current three that are still on my plate right now is, uh, of course, Wow Pandaria, uh, which I'm currently playing right now. Um, there's XCOM, which oh my god, so many good memories of my childhood. Living it, it lived up to. To what I hoped it was, and and then some, and um, Assassin's Creed Three, which has been extremely good. It's like I'm trying to trying to get through it, you know, as thoroughly and quickly as possible. That way, I can hand it over to my girlfriend, and so she can play it. Now hold, she's... hold the phone here, because uh-huh. so wow. I mean, there there's a, a time vampire right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, XCOM, Ash Creed Three. And you still have a lovely girlfriend, uh, Ambrosia Hartnett? <laughs> yes, I do. All right. I'm not buying it. I know, right? <laughs> does, does Ambrosia Hartnett perhaps like plug into the wall? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Does she only talk to you in your head? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's Cortana. Cortana. <laughs> Uh, I love the. There's a little meme out there where they show the current model of Cortana. It says, "Getting older and buggier and more insane, looking younger and hotter." hotter. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. that's there, good. Right? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I think overall, I think these AAA titles have definitely lived up or exceeded the hype, though, so far. Oh yeah, I I thoroughly agree. Of course, the one thing I can't wait is for all these AAA titles to be out, so I. Because I work at GameStop and I have to make calls to everybody who's on the reserve list. It's like, hey, Higher this game's coming here. out this week Higher in case you forgot. Higher copies here. Higher copies well, here. Actually, I mean, so next week, though, I mean, that's going to be Black Ops 2. And right. then that's pretty much it, at least when I was looking at the review schedule, other than the Wii U, of course, as well. Which is, is huge. Is, you, is there anything else before, you know, the end of the year that's a big title that, that you're aware of? 
Nothing that's huge. I think the next big thing would probably be maybe Hitman, but that's about it. Yeah, they, they try and get him, get him in before uh, Hitman, Friday. and I think uh, Far Cry Three. I think is the yeah. last big thing to come out. And even that, I mean, if you stack Far Cry Three or Hitman up against a Halo or a Black Ops or Assassin's like Creed, it, yeah, it's nowhere near the level. I mean, I think yeah, it's, we're going to be looking ahead towards things like Bioshock Infinity mm-hmm. really next. Oh uh, yeah, that's like yeah, Bioshock Infinity, uh, Tomb Raider, and yeah. Uh, uh, Crisis Three or a- an Aliens Colonial Marines. Yep. Wait, you guys aren't all looking forward to his, uh, Lego City Adventures like I am. Did, did you hear? <laughs> did you hear something? Why did you leave him on the line? Seriously, I Why am ever present. I know it's all. Like, like see all. Okay, we are running out of time here though. So Agri SSW, we're going to kick you to the curb. Thanks for yep. calling in. Because I wanted to leave room for one more caller. You're on the air. Who's calling? Me. Me, I am here. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? up? Hi. G-Weezy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to be short. I just had one question. Everyone's talking about this Wii U thing. Yeah. And since I don't read a bunch of gaming websites or read a bunch of gaming media, I have no idea what that is. Can someone explain it to me? Okay, Wii U. Just picture a Wii. Give it, uh, finally give it an H- HDMI <laughs> output. Yeah. Make it dark gray. Uh, give it a little more processing power, a little more storage, a little more video processing power, and then give it the option of having a funky controller that's basically, if you can picture, it's like a, a Sega Game Gear around a tablet, right. basically. So it's it's got its own touch screen, and then has all the buttons and all the motion sensors of a traditional Wii Wii controller. Yeah. And so right now it sounds like an Xbox 360 with smart glass. Precisely, but yeah. mm-hmm. but you can actually have it. Right instead of merely reading about them, potentially maybe adding it with the next revision. So, as usual, Nintendo is first to market with the, oh my god, underpowered, cheap version. Yeah. (coughs) And we look back at all all the people things would say about the Wii when it shipped to, oh, this gimmicky controller and this underpowered thing and not enough video processing. What do you mean it doesn't do true HD? And how many millions of units have they sold? Well, they sold a ton the first year, and then yeah, it's but how many people have continued playing them yeah. and buying games for them? Because we've had a Wii forever, mm-hmm. and, and it I has haven't a lot of dust. And I've played it maybe once in the past yeah. year. But it obviously fueled them enough. Of course, then they had the whole DS line. To, well, I mean, basically, Nintendo up. has jumped ahead of the curve again to say, okay, now tablet integration with video games on a TV is the next big thing. Here we go, and you'll see most likely Microsoft and Sony come out with a superior offering, and then the and we'll see if it's a thing that actually catches on or not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see just for, just for the record, Microsoft is actually out now. You can get. I mean, if you have a Surface tablet, which of course no, no, no it's does. out for the iPhone and Android as well. No, oh, is it? Very okay. good planning on their part. Yeah. So there would have been a temptation there to make it a Surface exclusive, right? And they did not fall for that, so that is, uh, I think that will make it a much greater success, and the developers will be more on board to spend the time yeah. writing I'm, that tablet out. I'm add-on. seriously convinced that Xbox within the Microsoft Corporation is, is segmented away from the rest of Microsoft pretty well. Yeah, because well. they don't suck. Because oh, yeah. they actually like, know how to make yeah. money. And they're not circling the drain yeah. like the rest yeah. of that yeah. company is. Exactly. But yeah. All right, so there's there's our you know two second to uh, a Wii. What is a Wii U? Yeah, a Wii, Wii with U. with a tablet. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're waiting to see what the game developers have come up with to take advantage of this new tool, yeah. and that remains to be seen. Because so far, what we've seen at PAX, Meh. Eh, yeah, it's they been, have a zombie game that looks interesting. The zombie game is okay. And that's about Everything it. else is like. <laughs> 
Alrighty. All right, well, that's all I wanted to know. Yep. I'm good now. We know all, we see all, <laughs> and we also have to end this call because the Emperor is waiting. Yes. Okay. And the Emperor does not like to be kept waiting. Nope. No, he does not. All right. As you may have just inferred from that statement, uh, Emperor has returned from his exile that was imposed upon him by uh, Superstorm Sandy. And it's just it's Sandy just takes Superstorm Sandy just sands the edges off of that. But he is returning to the air this week at his regular time, uh, barely flooded out or uh, electrocuted at all. No more than usual anyway. So stay tuned for The Emperor's Court coming up next live on Versus the World Radio. VTWProductions.com. Yes, it is your three-hour break from Internet Porn coming up next. We will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Please take a moment and visit us on the web at VTWProductions.com. Take a moment to join the forum community, which is completely awesome and populated by many, many interesting people, including many of our volunteers, to whom we are eternally grateful for all the work they do that keeps Versus the World Productions running. Mm. Uh, the audio team, the graphics team, the people who patrol the forums and keep the spam bots at bay, which is almost a full-time job. Um, the fact that our forums are clean of advertisements for Ugg boots is a major, <laughs> and these, these are unsung heroes because you don't, the fact, yeah. when, when you don't see their efforts, they're doing a great job. Exactly. Because there are bots, and I can tell by looking at the logs for the, for the forums that are coming to us right out of China, <laughs> that want nothing better from life than to spam every forum thread with Ugg boot. Ugg boots, Ugg boots, you must buy Ugg boots. What the hell is an Ugg boot? You would know. You work in the industry. What's yeah. an Ugg boot? Well, originally the Ugg boots... With a name like Ugg? Yeah. Or, yeah. The originally, Ugg boots were made for... Um, they were actually made for surfers. Ugg. Because when you come out of the water, you're cold, and it was mm-hmm. something that you could put on your feet, and it would keep your feet at room temperature, so it's not too cold, not too warm, and they were made for surfers. They were made out of Australia, but now... The Knock demand off. for them, no, the demand for them is so high, Australia can't keep up with gotcha. it, so they're now made in China. So, but they're big business. Oh, huge. And they're made out of koalas. <laughs> <laughs> they're not made out of koalas. I must own a pair. <laughs> so, thank you to all the uh, forum masters that keep all that crap off uh, of our forums, because yeah. the botting is quite remarkable to observe. <laughs> Find us on Facebook, search for Casually Hardcore or VTW Productions, and like us there. We appreciate the feedback. You can follow us on Twitter, Alpha Geek Radio for this show, VTW Productions for the network, Gnomewise for me, Izzy Grail for him, Dax is CH for her, Gwenora for that guy who shows up occasionally, and Iolite <laughs> underscore CH for my lovely wife. You can send emails to ch at vtwproductions.com. Check out our sister feeds, Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews. Sponsor a segment. $5 gets you the ability to tell us what we have to say at the beginning of the segment of your choosing. A bargain at twice the price. Check out the Amazon links on the Casually Hardcore page. If you have something you need to buy for the holiday season from Amazon, either from the UK or from the US, if you begin your search for each item from our little portal there, at no extra cost to you, you will be donating to the show and to the station to keep us running and keep us doing things like I think our next big thing is Consumer Electronics Show in January. So we'll keep the content flowing, and we are appreciative of any bit of help you can provide. Up next, the aforementioned Emperor's Court for grown-ups only. Yes. Love that.
And I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And we are out of yeah. Bye-bye, radio people.